Blog Talk Radio. everybody and welcome See? to are you instant reaction review this is us i am your host are you screening.com's own mark eastman and with me as always is co-host extraordinaire shane leonard hello and this week that was like the most dry boring <laughs> hello ever yeah this i know week, sorry i was fidgeting we hello. are uh, covering pacific rim which, uh, you know, we should start out, I think, by just saying that it's like 65 on Metacritic. Yeah, what's the um, I never look at Rotten Tomatoes. You know, I know you'll do it. You know, the thing that's very funny is uh, we always talk about Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic and everything. Yeah. And, and when we're doing the show, I constantly think no one cares at all that we're saying Rotten Tomatoes. Right. If they wanted to know what Rotten they'd Tomatoes look. thought, yeah, they'd I go want to know. But we actually get uh, some emails, and when we get like our our sort of general positive emails, yep, a, a couple of people have said, "I think it's cool that you throw that out, That's and we cool. know where you're coming from." And nice. the funny thing about it is that they said, "Because I'm probably never going to watch this movie anyway." <laughs> you know what's really I, funny? I just I I dig the show. Yeah, but I'm That's not awesome going to, to see Pacific Rim. Right. Right. And, you know, but it's nice to have that just kind of in the background of my mind when I listen to you guys talk about right. it. Where are you coming from compared to other people? So it's it's about 65 on Metacritic right now. And it's about I think it's about 75 on Rotten Tomatoes. That and, sounds about and, right. And I think that's that's our our difference that we've pointed out yeah. in Rotten Tomatoes. Because if it's 65 if, if it's there, like, it's probably 75. If, yeah. it, if you're giving it three stars, right. it's fresh. Right. And right. that's. Completely yeah. misleading. If everybody gave a movie three stars, <laughs> right, that would all be it, it would be a hundred percent fresh, yeah. which would make no sense at all. But anyway, um, but it is getting. Uh, I should I should say just for fair play sake, even though it's sixty five, it's getting a lot of really high reviews. This is one of those that we see that the reviews that are favorable are absolutely are favorable. Super favorable, and those that are in the yeah. middle ground are kind of like well. There yeah. are yeah. If you run through like Metacritic, they really are. there are the a highs lot of are high. super high reviews. There are a lot of hundreds. A lot of surprise. I, mean, I saw that it's bizarre. earlier today. I yeah. looked and I was like, wow, these guys like I don't see them go crazy for a film like this. Right. Like this, I see them give hundreds before right. five stars, four stars, but not something like this. Which is, you know, you're seeing the trailers, you're seeing these things. It's a it is a summer film. Right. It doesn't right. pretend to be pretentious about anything other than just entertaining you while you've got popcorn and soda. Ah, uh, I don't know that I agree with that. I think it does Mark. actually pretend to be kind of pretentious in a way. So it's kind of like it's kind of like you know tr- the Transformers movies do not at all pretend to be pretentious. There's no spot in the Transformers movie where they're going. Look, really, we're deep and we're having thoughts and yeah. <laughs> interesting dramatic stuff is happening, yeah. right? That is those movies. That's as, far as, away. Mu- as much as I don't love them or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're some of them are okay, some of them are really horrible, whatever. Right. But um, they are not trying to tell you anything deep. Yeah. They are just going look kaboom, right? <laughs> right, yeah. This movie has its spots where it's getting a little ahead of itself. Look, we're going to get into dramatic. this. We're going to get into this. I don't believe that this film, regardless of who's associated with it, you know, I don't believe that this movie has anything more pretentious or more deep that it's trying to convey than Independence Day did. 
I think that this is right on par with that kind That's of summer film. That's probably true. And I don't I'll believe it that. Independence that, Day. That movie really, had certain delusions I mean, of grandeur, too, it, I it, think. It had, it had a little bit of grandstanding and chewing the scenery. Right. But that is more actor-driven and director-driven than intent-driven, in my opinion. But I don't know. Well, whatever. Anyway. anyway um, we'll get to it. Yeah, we should uh before we go any anywhere else. Um I don't know that we have anything big going on except yeah. that next week I think is awesome week, right? Um, Wolverine isn't week, right? It, uh RIPD. Oh yeah. I think we'll think that's two weeks next right. week. Yeah, I think yeah, we'll RIPD. Be... I man, that better I'm be fun. I'm so looking forward to that. I'm going to be this is one of these films that if it really stinks, not only am I going to blame you, but I'm going to be really bummed for the why rest would, of the... Why would you blame because me? Because I I need somebody to blame. I if, think if this is I bad. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. If this is bad, if RIPD is going to be bad, then the Wolverine needs to be great to save how I feel about to the save, summer. To save how the I'll summer's be going. Right? I really want RIPD to be as fun as it looks. I, and it looks I really do, too. And, you know, I'm a little bit more scared of it now. So am I. Than I Seriously, was, than I was, I was just talking like about a week ago. Yep. Because we just watched the Seventh Son trailer. And that made, oh, yeah, that right. made me scared of right. the RIPD movie. Yeah. In in some weird, maybe Jeff Bridges will just do anything. That was funny. Like, we just like the guy doesn't work for right. years, and now he's got six films this right. summer alone. I mean, uh, well, I that's wish not until next year, him. but still. Yeah. Um, anyway, I don't know. That movie looked really ridiculous. But um, it's weird how R.I.P.D. looks so much like Men in Black. Yeah. It's almost like you just like the best version of Men in Black too. Not not right. Men in Black the, Two, but the, Men the in Black first also. one, yeah. which was really good, which was really fun. It's like they just took like the drawing board though and <laughs> you know moved it to the other side of the yeah. room. <laughs> It basically said, made it look like a, different. It basically looks like a Mad Lib. You know, it's like okay, wait, we'll erase Tommy Lee Jones' name. I'm right. really erasing in midair for you only. I'm like, I don't know. It, it would be great when we go to the right. video because actually then the viewers can actually see yeah. Really we should this. say I want everyone <laughs> to uh, use TouchCast as much as possible. We're very make selfish it real, about this. Make right. it really popular and tell them why. Because I want to do it. Right. Because and, and, I, I want well, to use it. And that's it, not the only reason. But. It's an app for iPad to make your video thing. Not it, iPhone, right? It's just straight up the iPad still? I'm pretty sure it's that's just, what I thought. It's just iPad, yeah. yeah. Um, well, the more, the more people that use it, the more... You know, the more popular it will be, the, and the more, more um, preferences we can get. We want to do right. a lot of things with it, and the developer, I guess, has been very cool about your badgering it, really, <laughs> right. online. I, I you have, have been, been constantly badgering been this Twitter guy. Stalking You've been him. tweeting this guy, this poor man who's developed this awesome app every 35 seconds. And he has come back do with this, a very, very nice, I'm working on it, sir. Right. And you're like, quicker, <laughs> faster. Right. But if more people started playing around with it and using it, I don't know if it's going to revolutionize anything, but it looks really fun, and we can't wait to start using it right. for the show. And, and what, and what it, we're going to do is, uh, coming up next week, hopefully, <laughs> we, we were going to do we it this week. And, yeah, we lost our cameraman, but <laughs> we were, uh, we were going to do it this week. We're hopefully going to do it next week, and what we're going to do is, you can only do five-minute spots. So we're not really going to do the show. We're going to do like right. a five-minute wrap-up right. after the show where we just do a video and get to do all the stuff. And then it's just kind of one more little avenue to you know, get, to get, into get, it. get yeah. a glimpse of us right. or whatever. But eventually the thing will have longer time right. and everything. And, and the theory is to just do, do the do show, the show yeah. and just be doing Make the touchcast yeah. at the exact same time. It would be and, podcast, videocast, touchcast. It would be everything, you right. know. I listen – I still we've we haven't talked about this for a while and we won't go, I won't go into it too much but I still enjoy 
listening to podcasts when I'm walking the dog or running errands or, you know, in between audiobooks and whatever, I still like looking for interesting podcasts. And I'm biased. I don't think there's a whole ton of interesting ones out there. But I do like the idea that if I want to see a video podcast, that that's available to me. Right. We talked about Rocket Boom, which was the first video podcast I'd ever seen. It blew my mind. I thought it was really fun. It was a geeky, comic, sci-fi kind of thing. And I look forward to it every week. And then it and all the stuff, away, all the stuff that it did was really cool. It was really cool. So I it, was really and, excited. And it was really popular. I don't know what happened to it or whatever, but it, that was even like you could get it on your TiVo. On yeah, like the it was really. And it was. It was anyway. Amazing, so, um, so we're hoping to have a video option, yeah. and you know, it's not like right. you know, we're not sponsored by Touchcast or anything. We're just no. We're, we just no. we just if want we do, you to it, use it anyway. It'll be him sponsoring us to just keep you off his Twitter back. <laughs> so that's right. It would be interesting to see what people think we look like at this point. Long-time that, listeners. That, that would actually that be very be funny. A, yeah, well, all of a sudden, the week after, we have no more listeners. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Thanks a lot. That would be great. Showing Thanks, Touchcast. your great faces. Yeah. <laughs> Touchcast brings Touchcast down please. another podcast. That'd be cool. They'll have like a little oh, special website for that. That'd be awesome. Uh, and then the only other thing that I want to say is, um, since it's today – and somehow I can't bring myself to not say it, but um, oh. Corey Monteith died today, right. or was found dead today, or I don't, right. I don't know uh, what the story is. It, it, you know, as far as I know, because it's been a busy morning, he might have been found dead yesterday, but yeah. everyone's talking about it right today, now, like right. it happened today. So right. I, I have the impression that it happened today. Yeah. And man, am I really bummed about that. that yeah. That were you a big Glee? Watch her big Glee I fan, was, or you were just a big Corey fan? Actually, when the first episode came out of Glee, you know, yeah. they had the first episode come out months before right. it actually started playing. Right. And when that first episode came out, I was a huge fan. That's cool. I, I thought the show was awesome. Yeah. And for the, about the whole first season and a half, I was really a pretty big fan. Yep. It was like a family thing. We all watched it. That's cool. It was cool. And then there came a point where, you know, that show and Ryan Murphy just started <laughs> believing their own press. Right. And yeah. it went really weird for me. And it, I, at a certain point I was watching it, I said, this is like not the show that I started watching at yeah. all. Yeah. If if you showed me one of these episodes, I'd have never started watching it. And and that was really a bummer. But I like the theory of Glee. I right. like the theory of making a show like that, that's, you know, trying to be outside the box and do things different and yeah. show characters in a different way. And, right. And kind of, even though it was kind of corny at times, kind of like really celebrate all the differences of people yeah. and, ha- and embrace do it, all of that, do it in a way that could actually be popular mm-hmm. instead of like, you know, an right. ABC after school special right. or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was very cool. And, and I liked it a lot, but, you know, it just it, it it just really boggles my mind. Someone that, that young and yeah, and really like you know, at some point when you're like on top of the world, and you know, it makes me sad. I guess whatever. It's it's like a big deal, but you know, in another way, it really kind of pisses me off. It's like uh, yeah, that's one of the stages of grief. There are. There are certain people who, you know, when you're really just have everything right. and then end up killing yourself, that it really just yeah. irritates me. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. but so it's, like, you know, it's too bad. It, it's kind of like yeah. um, now I, I can't remember. Michael Hutchins. That yeah. that one really pissed me off, too, because that, yeah. I was like right in the 
day when I was growing up. That right. was like right there. Was that, that, yeah. that was that kind of time. And I'm like, really? But anyway. Right. right. Anyway, so now we babbled. You know, the only other, the only other quick babble <laughs> that I'll think of just because um, just because we're talking about, you know, uh, someone passing away and it just made me think of Ebert again. And it's not even about Ebert. It's did you see the did you see the quick blurb about how Rex Reed is getting slammed for reviewing a film that he didn't even see? Like because no. this was our last dig at Ebert before he passed away too, which was we had suspected he didn't see Killing Them Softly because <laughs> he was combining plots that oh, didn't even exist and right, making characters exactly, into people right, that didn't happen. Right. I and guess it, Rex it, Reed. It was kind of like. Um, if you weren't around when we were talking about that, yeah. If you go listen look, to the if, podcast, it's if, if, if you go the, look up uh, Roger Ebert's review of Killing Them Softly, right. or listen to our podcast of Killing yep. Them Softly, which we uh, talk about it in there, it really seemed like you made your best guess from the trailer. He watched the trailer and right. just was like, "Well, James Gandolfini is his teacher," and, I'm like, and, what? and it's like clearly not yeah. at all what happens. But well, anyway, I, I guess Rex Reed has just—it was just another thing that I probably could have told you about or asked you about off the show. But we're talking about movies. I just thought it was funny that Rex Reed is getting blasted for not only picking on, you know, actresses in Hollywood, like he's getting in trouble for, but he reviewed, right. I guess it was VHS too, and only encapsulated like 15 or 20 minutes of the review. And the movie's like another 90 minutes long. And he just made his judgments based on what went, he saw. Yeah, that's like, all that's, I need that's to all know. I need to know. Right. So I just think it's funny. If you're going to do the job, I love the job. If you're going right. to do it, do it. Right. You know, and if you have to watch a bad film, tough. Suck it up. I do too. I mean, and we have seriously, to do it, right. you know. But if you, you know, just just do it. Or anyway. come back and be a man and be like, you know, or be a human and be, you know, be like, I hated this so much, I could only watch twenty minutes. Here's my review of the twenty minutes. Right there, you go. That's right. that. That would garner a certain amount of respect, even though I'd be like, you're a sissy, sit in the chair. Right. But anyway, well, I don't know. I could I could kind of get behind the walking <laughs> out or something. <laughs> you hated Pacific Rim. Uh, no, I didn't hate it. Okay, so Pacific Rim. Now oh, that yeah. now Here that we we've babbled our yeah. our fifteen minutes right. worth of random we junk. Catch up, everybody. Uh, Pacific Rim. So everybody knows the movie. You've seen all the trailers. Yeah. It's the big, giant, weird rock and sock and robots yep. that are like 25 <laughs> stories tall or 30 stories tall or something like that yeah. against the bizarro creatures right. from the Black Lagoon Godzilla mixture things <laughs> that come out of the ocean. This right? is quite a... This is a completely objective right. <laughs> encapsulation you're really, of you're what really happens. getting this. Yeah, yeah so what happens is... Um, We've got uh, Charlie Hunnam, right? Yeah. I think that's his name. Um, Who's great. Not just in the film. We both like him a lot. Yeah. He is really good, and, uh, you know, he's star of Sons of Anarchy, and uh, as I said at one point uh, when we were walking out, uh, I didn't love him as much as I usually do in this movie, and not because of the movie or anything, but, you know, maybe because of the things he had to work with and the things he had to do. He just didn't really, I think, get a chance to do much that was very interesting, which is a lot of my problem with the movie, um, and we won't get real far into that, but I I just wanted to say, since we're uh, kind of giving a quick summary, right. right? he's the guy who's the star, and usually I like him better. I want that to kind of be in the background, right? right. I mean, I do really like him. So um, anyway, we're in the future, and some weird teleporter to another dimension has... Open a rift, yeah. Opened up in the bottom of the Pacific Ocean, and it lets through these giant yeah. creatures. I mean, huge giant creatures. 
And at the beginning of the movie, we kind of get this this kind of run up to the present where it's already several years or something right. and after, several encounters and after they've been around. Yeah. There's yeah. been like, you know, there's, they talk about how the first four, the first five or something like that. And then, you know, finally we decided that this was not right. going to stop. Right? right. One showed up and eventually we killed it, but it took a lot and right. it was tons of destruction and everything. Then another one showed up, then another one showed up, whatever. Right. So they just keep coming out of this rift, and it's the course of the whole movie is, you know, like I don't, I don't know, like twelve years or whatever, like because there's like yeah. at one there's point a five year gap. At one point, the very beginning is five years before one certain point that we watch, right. and then all of a sudden it's five years later after that, whatever. So something right. like that, and uh, so Charlie Hunnam is the pilot of these giant robots. And we get the little rundown where you have to have two people. Right. And it turns out that a lot of the time we have, like, brothers, fathers and sons, people who are really close to each other anyway right. to do this weird kind of mind meld. The drift. Electronic right. creation that you have to do in order to control the robot. Right. Okay. <clears throat> Because it's too much for one brain right. to take or something to try and control this gigantic robot. Right. And and so they go and fight him, and things are working out pretty well for a while. Right. This is not one of the points that we actually watch the movie, really. We're just talking about how, for right. a while, it works out pretty well. Then, you know, they're coming more frequently. Then there's whatever bigger, kind of problems. Right. They right. keep getting a little bigger and a little bigger, and... You know, it started out, I guess, they were Category 1s, and now we're right. up to Category 4s. Right. They just keep <laughs> keep getting more and more giant, and and they keep coming, and we come up with, like, new and improved giant robots. Right. And, and you know, really, pretty much that's, the, that, yeah. that's the movie. It's the fight it's, against, it's against things, the giant robots. And, uh, yeah, fig, and big figure out figure out how to get the giant robots and and ultimately are we going to get to a point where we can do anything about the rift itself so that they right. will stop coming through. And that's right. pretty much your movie. And we yeah. ru we run through uh pretty much, you know, kind of like a football movie kind of Spectacular. It's a very, it's a very <laughs> typical plot story for a film right. like this. There are no one of the things that I thought you were right about yesterday, and I never, I never really challenged it. I still, I still feel you're right. Is there are two elements to this film, you know? And again, we're just glossing over it before we really get into it. Two elements to the film. There's the human element, and then there's the sci-fi monster robot element. Right. As far as the human element goes, I don't really think that there's anything surprising or that isn't like a big trope from other films like this that exists. Right. It's all very like maverick, you it, know, it's all, it's all kind of top gun. I, right. You know, it's really top gun independence day, you know, got all these things so much so that when it, when it works, you're just like, well, it's familiar. And I guess it's fine because it's a greased wheel that gets you to the next thing that right. you want to see. And when it doesn't, it's a little awkward. Like when the marshal has to deliver what is in essence a really poor man's version of Bill Pullman's right. Independence Day speech. Right. And on paper, it might look good. And that's nothing against the actors. I thought all the actors did really great. It's yeah. just the story is the what movie, it is. It's... There's not a very creative right. moment at all right. between the humans. All the creative stuff happens in the spectacle or in you know the science fiction. All, all, all the creative stuff, and that's true. That's, all the creative stuff, which some of it is interesting, 
Some of it I think is horrible. But um, <laughs> at, at the point at the point we're at now, you know, people are going, "Hey, you said you were going to give the star oh, yeah, rating." Oh yeah, yeah, start it up. So, right, so um, let's do that. So I'm a little stuck on the star rating. I because I make fun of you all the time for going. I'm going to be in between three quarters. You know, stars I'm going to be yeah. three quid seven eighths <laughs> right. or whatever. But I think I'm really at like one and three quarters. Yeah. If, if I have to, if I have to pick, I guess I. I I'm leaning really towards the one and a half, yeah. but you know, I don't know, one and a half, two, one and three quarters, whatever yeah. it is, it's somewhere in there. If 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 I have to like say I I might be able to give it the two, right. but there's so much about this movie that irritated me and was yeah. not interesting to me that I think you know probably when I get to a point where. I'm writing out a review, and I get to the end of it and go, now what's the starting? It's probably going to be one and a half. Yeah. So. I, I liked it a lot more than you did. I, I was maybe a little bit more forgiving of certain things, or I just found enjoyment in them in a way that you just weren't in the mood for. I, I get it. You know, I understand a lot of what you were saying, too, and we'll we'll get to the review part, I guess. You know, I'm pretty, pretty happy with three and a half. Yeah. You know, I, I think in my mind, you know, not always do I think in the star first. I think of a numerical thing, and I'm like, all right, out of a hundred, where am I? Is this like seventy, seventy-five? I guess it's right. You know, I guess it's right there for me. Right. So then I'm like, okay, that's two and three quarters for Mark. He can put that on the website. So <laughs> that yeah, this might be one of those films that, like you've said for a long time, waiting to see a big rift between us because we usually are yeah, pretty this, close. This is probably our biggest difference, Maybe. or at least like tied with our biggest close, difference. Yeah. But it's still not like a gigantic. I mean, I could be, I could be, look, I've got problems with it, and I think some of them are ridiculous and absolutely bring it down a lot. Like, but it's an incremental thing. If I say bring it down a lot, I'm feeling pretty positive about the film. We saw it yesterday, and we saw it in 3D, and it was great. You know, the 3D I thought really paid off in almost every way, except a lot of the battles take place. I didn't really. I didn't love the 3D. I love the 3D when I a lot the 3D of... 3D was okay, but this is a after-the-fact 3D movie. Right? Yeah. This is yeah. a movie that was not shot in 3D. Right. It was 3D-ified later. 3D-ified, yeah. And, I, you know, there were parts where it was pretty cool. There were I definitely some parts where... A lot of the where... city stuff and people stuff, it yeah. was interesting. Not all right. the battle stuff paid off. But there that, there were parts right. where it was pretty good. But overall, I thought, yeah. eh, I yeah. could have saw that I in 2D it really and it wouldn't have I'm sure made a lot of difference yeah. to me, you know. They didn't really cater too much to the 3D. It just, because it's in a futuristic right. society and it looks... I told you when I walked out, I thought, not since... Blade Runner, have I seen the future look like this and been so like wowed by it? Right. I thought it was beautiful it, looking. It's a very cool looking so, movie. It's yeah. like, but you know, for me, that's this is a a point where you know maybe this is just not quite my kind of movie and, enough, and well, and this is not the kind of movie that is going to do a lot for me. Right. And and another thing though, real quick, because maybe we'll get an email about it, and maybe we won't. It's the kind of thing I would email you guys if I were listening. Did you grow up loving like manga, mecha, kaiju, like these kind of things? I mean, we talked a little bit about like Voltron is like the McDonald's right. of them, right? But like there's, I grew there's up Evangelion, watching, there's uh, all these Battle Angel things. Like there's a whole I grew world up of watching this. a lot of Voltron. Okay, and because, then there was that other thing that's not Voltron that <laughs> yeah. was on Saturday mornings, and I watched a lot of that, and I don't right. remember what it is, but right. it was kind of ish. It it was around there somewhere, yeah. right? And I liked those shows. <laughs> 
And that is actually, for me, that's more of a problem than well, like a solution. Because, because for I me, I was I was watching the movie a lot of the times going, this is just a $200 million Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> yeah. So how is that a good thing? Yeah. That's like, well, especially I, even when you have like, and clearly there's a certain part of that that's actually on purpose and built sure, in. Sure. Where you have parts where like, Charlie Hunnam, they're in a big fight, and all of a sudden he like yells out, "Let's do this together!" And right. it's like, "Oh my God, that's like I'm watching Dragon Ball right. Z all, or something." All of a sudden, yeah. like, right. um, well, I because part of that is it's not a defense of where I'm at; it was just a curiosity. I'm not coming at this from being a huge manga mecha gaiju Jaeger. Right. I I'm aware I, of that I was, world. I was and really waiting for them to Voltron. I, we talked about this. I <laughs> right. was we well, we'll get into it later. But I was really hoping there was going to be a mecha mecha monster <laughs> right. because there was going to be a huge thing. The, the film, you know, I don't come to it in in my favor, you know, because I have that history. And if I did, that would be me saying, "Look, I love these things growing right, up, right. and I thought it looked beautiful." I just said, uh, I just felt like when we walked out, I also said. You know, the the monsters, the giant monster fights with Godzilla and Gojiro and all those things that everybody in our age group, you know, grew up with and, and people older than us. I don't think there's a whole market for that as much as there was when we were younger now. You right. don't really see these movies. It's like making an exciting Wolfman movie. Right. You know, I mean, they tried with Benicio del Toro, but it, nobody's kind of interested nobody, in that stuff nobody anymore. Nobody cared, right. This is maybe the last of those, unless it has a sequel, and I know they're talking about it. This is maybe the last of those Battle of the Giant monster films that is going to come out. And it's probably good because I thought it was the best of them. And I don't really need to see another big one unless they make a right, sequel. I guess. But, I, I, but I guess by saying all that is, you know, we're coming at this basically seeing the same number of episodes of Ultron. Right, like, we're right, not, right. we're not, I'm not spoiled because I grew up on because all this. Because you were like, oh, I addicted it. to it. I used to draw the these, I draw and, these Jaegers right, all the right. time, and this is me, you know. And, so You know, for me, it's interesting that you mentioned, like, the Wolfman and, and stuff like that. There's... And where we were maybe during certain movies when we were growing up and, and yeah. stuff, you know the uh, the Wolfman like a big Wolfman movie. That's not where I guess like the the cultural consciousness is right now, right? right. You can't make a werewolf movie and like really be scary. Right. Now they're about to try a certain similar effort because they're making a Frankenstein movie yeah. that's actually supposed to be right. Frightening. A, a serious, right. scary Frankenstein type movie. Yeah. <clears throat> but it it might be funny for some people to hear us say like you can't do a Wolfman movie or whatever yeah. because, you know, nothing could be more popular than, you know, zombies and right. and vampires and all that stuff. But there's there's a twist to it from the realm we were in when this movie might have been like a bigger Big, thing or right. something might have been a little more in touch with where the culture was. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like the shift now is, you know, vampire. Everybody likes vampires, but right. vampires are goofy, you know, glittering in the day, glowing things, or you know, they're yeah. uh, on a show on the CW. Right. Or, there's like Teen Wolf is is you don't have to say on, anything else. That's the most right? cutting remark ever. Like there, if you're on the CW, I could, I could say it was a lifetime harsh, original right? movie, that's but harsh. But it's but there's you know there's some yeah. th there's the big vampire show going on and and you know 
really, from what I hear, it's not that bad. I mean, I you, it was you, really good. you have to be in Into that the vampire in that life, place right. in your life where it's good right. and then it's good or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, ABC Family shows or right. something like that. I mean, if you're in that you're area, in that. they're actually really good shows, yeah. right? If you're not, then you go, look, this what is am I watching this for? Ever, right? <laughs> Where's the remote? But, you know, this is a movie from a different time when, you know, vampires were scary. Right. You didn't want to be in true blood hanging out with them. Right. Or right? in high and, school with one and being like, he's right. my best friend. It yeah. was a it was another place and the whole monster kind of genre has shifted into something Very else. Much. Right. Yeah. I mean, we are beyond we are way far away. We're from beyond we were. being scared of vampires and werewolves and stuff like that. And we're certainly far beyond being scared of Godzilla, right? Right. I mean, even though there was a Godzilla movie I mean, a long time ago now. Right. It, but I was just going to say, that wasn't so long ago, but that was no, a while it, ago. It's, it's actually been quite a while. Yeah. But still, you know, that movie didn't do anything, and there's right. a good reason, because yeah, no one cares anymore, right. and right. it sucked, right? But, <laughs> yeah. but I don't know. This movie, for me, you know, it just didn't really do anything very interesting for me. And it's funny, because I don't usually, you know, look at a lot of other people right. and stuff. But when I was looking at Metacritic... Um, I noticed, you know, they give you the little quotes right. um, with yeah, the things and everything. And, yeah, I got one All of, right. um, you know, Real Views with James Berardinelli, right? Right. Um, he gives it a 75. Yep. So that's pretty right around, good. Right around where right? I'm at, yeah. But his quote says, there's not a single original moment to be found in Pacific Rim's 130-minute running time. But that doesn't much matter because the familiar beats are conveyed with maximum expertise intended to provide a visceral experience, right? Okay. So every, okay. everything that happens in this movie you've seen before, and then and it's a positive thing for him, and he gives it a 75, and he goes, look, see? So well, everything you've seen in this movie you've seen before – that was kind of like what I said uh, with the humans. Like, he's like, there's no original human moment. I thought that's what you just said. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no original any moment, really. I mean, just you know, be, just because yeah. there's a big robot who punches a big monster I in remember. a slightly different way than yeah, any other bog, big monster has been punched, just, that doesn't make it original. I right? remember, I remember, and this ties in, I remember when Jurassic Park was coming out and all my movie geek friends were all up in arms that Sam Neill was in it and Laura Dern was in it and, you know, Jeff Goldblum was okay. These guys weren't famous yet. Goldblum was recognizable but this was what really put right. him over and i remember everyone lamenting about it and talking about it and we'd all read the book before and i i just remember telling them like i don't i don't care they're not the star of this film right the dinosaurs are the stars of the film this isn't going to be like one of these sci-fi films where the special effects accent the story and the characters the humans are in here just as an accessory to seeing the monsters right and in my opinion Maybe that's why I gave this film a little bit of a of a slide, which is it, all the tropes, all the all the conventionality, all the similarities that this film has with all the other films that are like it. That, that doesn't surprise me. Like I don't go into this film when we went to go see it. I didn't go into it thinking unless it really like shows me some originality. I'm knocking some reviews down. You know, I went in thinking the opposite, thinking I'm probably going to see a lot of Maverick, Top Gun stuff. If it shows any originality, all that does is push the review up. Like I was at a, I was at a level field where I'm like, this is for the monsters. This is for the CGI. I'm not going to be surprised if all the tropes right. come out for the heroes. And that's what I feel like that guy was saying. And I, I still think that you kind of 
feel that way too. It just was more negative for you than it was positive for me. Right. That's all. So, right. The reason that I wanted to uh, throw that quote out because I liked that quote <coughs> a, a lot. Quote. I want to read that review actually. And um, and he gives it a 75. And the reason I want to wanted to read the quote is because I figured, you know, yeah. it seems like kind of what you're saying. That's pretty right? much what I'm saying. It's, yeah. It's complete. It's really completely unoriginal. There, there's not original stuff that happens. Right. right. And and I think you know he would he has to agree with that. It's it's what it's, he says, it's, right? Right. It's um it's completely unoriginal, but it doesn't matter because all the stuff you've seen before is done better, right. And makes for this visceral experience and stuff, right? Right. And the reason I wanted to. Uh, throw out that quote is because I have the exact opposite view of that quote. Um, for yeah. me, that quote means, and therefore, okay. the movie's really stupid. I mean, right. that is like a quote, like, you know what? I've seen all these fireworks before, right? and I'm going to go see fireworks again anyway, and I'm going to see a lot of the same fireworks that I saw before, and right. I'm going to be okay with it, because I'm going to go, look, woo, yeah, fireworks, No, one, no right? one's made new fireworks for a few thousand right. years. And so. when the when I'm done watching the fireworks, I'm not going to go, wow, that was a crap story. I didn't, right. it, <laughs> I didn't right. care for that at all. I'm going to go, woo, fireworks. <laughs> And you know, in this movie, I, you know, I just don't go to movies and go, "Woo, big monster!" <laughs> yeah. that, look well, at hey, how look, awesome look. that big monster. Using is. your example, though, you have you have to admit, just briefly as a as a as a side note, you have to admit that the best fireworks display you've ever seen wasn't when you were a little boy. Maybe one of the best were, and I'm not asking you to tell me what year it was. But as an adult, you have at one point left the fireworks wherever you were for the Fourth of July and been like, "That was really good fireworks." So you can be impressed yes. further by the same thing, even though there's no new fireworks in the sky. Right. It's just, you know, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm just saying. I, I agree with you, and I would say, as a fireworks display, <laughs> this movie kicked ass. As a right. movie, it, it fell short. Okay. <laughs> I mean... Right. And and not that there's nothing good out of it. I no, mean, I not know. that people are not going to enjoy it. And it's kind of, you know, it's similar to you know several other movies. And we've seen kind of, I guess, interest um, similar to you know the Transformers movies. It's just Probably. about crazy yeah. popcornness and everything. Yeah. But for me, the difference is really like the difference between this movie and like something like the Avengers. Is like night and day. I mean, I there's there's really no story except for at certain points people kind of look at the screen and go, "You don't expect us to have a story, do you?" I mean, <laughs> right. they're like, "I don't know, this happens." I mean, they might right. as well just like kind of hold up pages of the script to the screen and go, "This is what's coming <laughs> next, next," and I'm about to give you some dumbass reason that, that this would be is awesome. what comes next. Right. And here's another big robot. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like. Um, I didn't like that they just didn't try it seemed like at all you know even if you know there's a lot of stuff when it's a movie like this there's a lot of stuff you can write off and even when it's the avengers you know you don't you don't walk out of the avengers and go well you know that's no casablanca or something i mean i didn't <laughs> right i didn't get any awesome story out of that or something right, right. i mean there's there's a point at which you're being silly if you're demanding if you're too expecting much from that, your right. summer movie right i agree but this movie just seemed like they didn't try at all. Huh. They just the script is like 
I don't know. This happens in a lot of other movies. Let's, Let's do, that do that too. I mean, the character relationships between each other are just, you know, the whole big bully guy. You know that first scene yeah. early on <laughs> when uh, <laughs> when Charlie Hunnam goes to eat, right? And and there's the one uh, father son team who are kind of the big shots right now. Right. Charlie Hunnam is actually coming back to this from like five years off of being one of the robot fighters. Right. Um, because very early in the movie, we see where his brother gets killed by one. He barely like makes it back to land or right. whatever. And, and so he's like just coming back because basically all of a sudden we have our two geeky scientist guys who I loved – Man, we are, we are really on the opposite sides. Of I that thought film. they were. I hated them. I thought they were awesome in wow. like their. This is awesome. In, in like their, you know, horribleness. Their the, usefulness they, and they practicality were like, in the whole film is absolutely devoid of any meaning. Well, right. The that whole I part. Hated them that entirely. whole part where we cool. where we get to where we close it off. Right. Yeah. It was just goofball. Yeah. And the whole fact that he does his, you know. Spoiler alert! Whatever right. we do, he does his mind meld with one of the giant monsters, yeah. half a mind or something, and sees stuff. Right. That whole thing was so goofball, right. nonsensical. <laughs> yeah. That it. That was one of the parts where, when you start doing that, then all it makes me think about is how stupid everything else is. Like. Right. That kind of aim at well, we're thinking about things, and we're having this other part here. Then you just go, you know, why don't you think about how to close the rift, you know, like 100% more and build that build dumbass robots (laughs) 100% less or whatever. I don't know. It just it kind of threw everything off and it it didn't need to be like that. There could have just I agree about that. There just could have been some other way. You've got scientists working on it. You know, show me a big giant building where Hundreds of scientists are spending all their time trying Everything. to figure out a way to close the rift. Right. Because that's what would happen, right. Right? right? And the more we get into our little geeky scientist things, the reason that I like them is because they are, you know, straight out of the Godzilla movie, just like every, everything else. Agree. And yeah. it was like, if you're going to do, if you're going to make a really stupid movie. <laughs> <laughs> that like I mean just you know on its face no yeah right on no, its face this is a mean. stupid movie I know that doesn't saying. mean it's good or bad no I know it's just, just like all brainless. other Godzilla yeah. movies right right if you're gonna take your Godzilla movie uh-huh. and make it right now then you know go Do all the it. way right bring in the stupid scientist guys right. and let them have their you know quips at each other and right. stuff and be on each other's backs and everything yeah it was really goofy but I. I liked that they were there. Yeah. And I like those two actors. Um, I like those two actors. I just didn't. And, yeah. and and I, you know, I don't know. I just, I thought it was fun. And yeah. anyway, <laughs> this um, is so funny. I just thought it was fun that they were there. Yeah. And it didn't make the movie any better for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I just it made it worse for me. I just liked, strangely. I just liked that they were there, but that yeah. whole, it leads to that whole part, which is kind of nonsensical. Right. And like I said, the fact that, you know, if they'd had some other version of trying to close the thing, it would be better. But but they're sticking with, we're going to have these two dopey guys. Right. Right. Instead of, you know, like I said, if they would have 
the fact that they don't flash to some giant, you know, they build a new Pentagon specifically right. for having scientists round the clock trying to do stuff, right? Right. It just makes you think about how come it's not like that? How come it's just these two goofballs right. that are, are only scientists that are trying to work on stuff? And, and, you know, then it just makes you think of everything else that's really weird. Why is yeah. Why are we only just now coming to this, you know, crazy way to get to close the thing so they'll stop <laughs> coming? Why does anyone still live in Hong Kong? For life. Why, <laughs> it's it's right. ten get years, out of it's there. Ten years That's later, how could anyone right. possibly live in Hong Kong? And at the I end know. of the movie, when it's ten years after this happens. You know, Australia's coastal cities <laughs> yeah. are still getting destroyed. Right. Really? Right. You have right. like a whole continent. Right. Figure something out. Move <laughs> yeah. a little right. inland or whatever. But <laughs> but if they would have if they would have a better version of other parts of the film, then yeah. you would just go, Yeah, okay, I'm just floating along and fine, there are people <laughs> in Hong Kong to be killed, whatever. You wouldn't it wouldn't kind of break you away from it and make you think yeah, about right. that stuff. I don't know. And a lot I, of this movie did that. I, yeah. I appreciate a lot of that. And I'm cracking up because I see it. You know, I just didn't, I didn't feel it the way that you did. I, you know, I thought that the, from the very opening moments, the very first, and you talking about, uh, this is not, this is kind of spoiler protection. You talking about how um, Charlie Hunnaman in his brother, whose name I'm forgetting, but it was like said over and over again. But anyway, they're, their big scene, his death happens like in the first seven minutes of the movie. Like right. there's nothing like shocking about all right. of this. I thought the opening prologue was exciting and basically could have been a movie all by itself. They condensed I, it into like five minutes that I thought was really interesting establishing. I should throw in, I thought the first like 15 to 20 minutes of the movie were really cool. Like before they even the, credits roll, like by the time you right. get the intro, the prologue, the first battle, and then all of a sudden it goes Pacific Rim. Right. And like, then when you, and when you, you go, have oh. that, and I'm watching that, right. And I'm watching up to that point and I'm like, this is amazingly fun. This is going to be the film that we thought it was going to be. There are a lot of things that I wish had been different about the movie. <laughs> but one of the things that I do enjoy about the film that is so, a little bit, it's starting to take hold in some films, like World War Z, is this notion of um, like a global problem and people having to come together. Like right. this is all in the prologue again. And, and the metaphor here for these monsters, in kind of like a Godzilla kind of way, Godzilla's big boogeyman wasn't a huge lizard or a giant moth. It was the radioactivity of all the nuclear testing right. we're doing and what are we doing right. to the planet? We're upsetting the natural order on and on and on, blah, blah, blah. What's going on right now, it isn't, it isn't a mistake that they're categorizing these like hurricanes, okay? A category one, right. a category right. two, and eventually as we get to the and film... They, and they all get named. And they all like, get named. Like and tropical they all, storm. And they're all very stupid monster. names. One of them is like Sharp Face right. or, you know... It's not a mistake that by the time we get near the end of the film and the biggest, most powerful monsters that are coming through that are going to rip the planet apart are Category 5s. Like, that is not – that shouldn't be lost on anyone. The whole metaphor here about how we're all messing things up and how a global effort, how we all put aside our own spy networks and differences to try to combat this problem now that we cannot escape. Right. You know, pandering intellectually, no, I actually thought it was done very subtly into a way that made it inviting to the movie. And because of that and the other little things that happened with the tropes that happened along the way, 
And I'm a little hypocritical about one of them because the trope, like what you said, those two scientists, that's a total action film monster movie right, trope. Right. Even so much going this far back to like what I was saying about Independence Day, when Jeff Glob- Goldblum is the only guy apparently with a MacBook who figures out the reason that the spaceships are hovering over like the White House and no one else has put it together is because he's got that horrible line where he goes, checkmate. And then all of the buildings and the government start exploding and stuff. This isn't the only guy that could have figured that out, right. let alone created a, you know, a distraction and a virus on his MacBook. Right. You know, still in that regard, I found these guys, and I told you this when we walked out, there's like 35 minutes about them spread out over the whole film. And it was absolutely unnecessary. Right. Like it's only in there to pay homage to, I guess, those films. And, and another point that I actually kind of like, even though it's one of the things that I think that I'm hearing you say you didn't like, which is Guillermo del Toro 100% just went fanboy. He was like, right. look, this may not be for everybody. This is for this group of people, this genre, and this subcategory. And if you love it, I'm going to yeah. put everything I've got into making this for you. And anybody that comes along you know, with the gravity of it, great. But it's always – I'm going to unapologetically just make this for these guys. Right. And I kind of like that. I, I mean, it's not for me. That's why I was setting this up earlier by saying we're just Voltron geeks. You know, I don't get all the other right. stuff. And I still got pulled into a lot of the fun. But I like the, I like how, like I said, with World War Z, like there's a global thing, and we're it, we're beyond the point of putting our own stuff aside to really work together. So let's watch the mayhem and the mistakes of us trying to do it. Right. That's interesting to me because I, I feel like I that's really where we are. Of, I thought all of that stuff was great, actually as a, a kind of a background that yeah. you're going to have playing out every, in your yeah, movie, right? right? Except at the end when all of a sudden, you know, they mind meld with the stupid thing. Yeah. And, you know, I love the fact that there are movies – and, you know, just doing this in itself is kind of an homage to right. old stupid movies – which I think, man, if you're going all the way, you're going all you're the going way, the, and yeah. and he goes all the way. He does. So he does. He, he, does he doesn't that. pull back yeah. because they even do this, you know, this thing like you know, it's like they have kind of a hive mind, and right. and what having a hive mind means is that you can telepath like two ants can telepathically talk to each other from like a hundred miles away. Right. This is not what that means. Yeah. Except in goofy <laughs> B movie, you know, crappy does. things. Yeah. And and they stick with that in this movie they don't, anyway. Yeah. They go, yep, that's it. I mean, the right. fact that he he mind melds with a baby right. that was just born, and it still has memories and still talks to the ones that are in the other dimension and right. stuff, and you're like going, whoa, all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's totally goofy. But the thing that I, I didn't like about that part was I feel like it, this was almost a thing that was forced onto the movie it it has the feel of something forced on by some money guy where at the end they go well you know what happened is now we've polluted the earth and and terraformed it for them because now it's more hospitable to them so now that's why now they're coming through right and you know the dinosaurs were the whole yeah the first wave that was a little that i wish that had been scrubbed that was a little much you know they can't right you know they're gonna throw it in but you're like don't do it just skip it but they did it so right uh that that was a little goofy but when they actually come out and do that whole thing and you've got uh (laughs) geeky scientist guy going well, look what we did to the earth and we made it right. this and that. And now we made it all, you know, with the CO2 and now it's better for him. I'm like, you know what? 
the Earth is not that far different at this point. <laughs> yeah. That a different race could suddenly go, well, hey, now I can now live Now it's there. all right. Right. It's four degrees warmer. And that was just, yeah. if they would have just left that out, yeah, it, it would. the whole thing would have been whole... better. And, and even you could just get, you know, just just don't say it. And right. let it still be, there, still be there. You know, I mean, without having to stick it in. Anyway. I, I liked, you know, I actually liked how it was trying to remind people in a very bubblegum, you know, popcorn kind of way. Like the whole idea, and, and you said, I think you said this, um, maybe you said it to me yesterday when we saw it. I actually like how, you know, the science backs up all their movie, like how they basically had like, here are our rules and this is what we're going to stick to, like it or not. And we're going to go with it. Like, I like how you have to have two people, especially in the beginning when he and his brother aren't, they say outright, they're like, I wasn't the fastest or the best or the smartest. Right. But my connection with my brother was the easiest and the strongest. That's why we made a, a perfect pair because that they call it the drift. Right. You know, when they're mind melding with each other to control the giant robots, the the Jaegers, that was the big thing. And I I like that whole idea that in order to fix the stuff that's going on, you know, you you're gonna have to trust somebody, open up to them, and work with them in such a way that you know they'll be you for a bit, and you be right. them. And and when that doesn't work, that's when the Jaegers fall. That's when you know when you start fighting or thinking selfishly about your own stuff. That's when your left hand doesn't know what the right is doing. You know. On and on. See, I that, actually really liked all that, that stuff. That's the part of the movie that is probably like the most frustrating because all of the stuff that they didn't actually do, yeah. I really liked. You know, all of the stuff that is yeah. very vaguely hinted, hinted at, at and alluded to, but they don't do. Yeah, I like that stuff. I want to see. I want to see. You want to see less have, of that, but I, more. Right? I, I want to see. You know, where they actually get into the whole drift stuff and what happens, and yeah. and we've got the whole part with the, uh, you know, the commander has raised the, the adopted daughter, the the, the, yeah. the adopted Asian girl that he rescued at one point when he was in a thing by himself, right? Right. right. And we ultimately get that story. You know, have some more of that story that is less, you know, taken right out of some, like, yeah. B martial art movie from yeah. Japan or something, right? right? And right. and do something with it. Instead of just going, someone is telling me that I have to spend three and a half minutes not looking at a giant robot or a giant thing. So, quick, come up with something, right? right? I mean, right. you know, I don't know. It's just... There just was like this, such a feeling of not even trying at all. I mean, like, mm. like I said, with I that, yeah. with that first scene where they go into the when he goes in to eat, and you've got right. the the cocky son guy, right? Yeah, we totally lost that thread a long time yeah. ago somewhere because <laughs> I never said anything about it. But there, dude, seriously, what's going on? I don't know. Got some uh, crazy video action going on here. Yeah, I would just pause that. Weird. That was awesome. Skype has just decided to inject a live a live ad into our show. They better give us some money for that. Exactly. That so that so the brother. But um, you know that scene where he comes in and he goes, "I'm really awesome. You're old and you haven't done it for a long time. Maybe you can build your way out of it or something." I'm like, you know, not only is that just 
horrible and we've seen it a jillion times. Yeah. But it's like, you know, from a high school movie, not even I know, from I expect like him an to try to poke, movie. poke him I mean, in the eyes like, like Stooges way. It's yeah. just like, uh, I don't know. So, I, so then all um, that stuff is just, uh, you know, it, you could do that scene and go, ah, let's take like 20 minutes and see if we can like right. write something a little better. And, you know, he can still be the dumb, obnoxious right. guy. Right. He just doesn't have to be so that type of the dumb, like, obnoxious guy. You know, a I lot, agree. a lot of the dialogue parts. Uh, you know, it's like somebody won a contest to write <laughs> part of our movie or yeah. something like that. It's just, I don't know. I didn't, I, I didn't like it. I will say that along. Well, wait, did you have another thing? No, go ahead. I, I will say along with some of the stuff, some of the missteps that they make. You know, again, in my complaining about the two scientists. There's a certain amount of cronyism that goes on that is usually t- kind of fun, and then you get the kind of cronyism that that's, is just kind of like weird. And I love Ron Perlman. I, I think he's I think he's so much fun to watch, and right. I love Guillermo del Toro, and I love when they work together. It, Ron Perlman in this film is absolutely just as unnecessary as these two scientists, right. and they they go on and on. And because this is the part of you know there are parts that I like to inject. There is something after the credits. It's absolutely <laughs> unnecessary. It's terrible. But right? it's not after the, you know, it's it's while the credits are running and then all of a sudden there's a break and then you have to watch like nine minutes of credits and then it's done. It, it's really only a couple minutes after the film ends, but you don't have to stay for it. It's, but it's, it's, it's very Ron goofy. And silly, but I thought he was absolutely just so out of place in this film with his character and the story, even though I do like the, he plays a, he plays a guy who runs the black market for all the body parts of all these of the, uh, giant of the monsters, right. and that's actually believable and interesting in his own CW show. Like right. that—that's the kind it's of place, right? That's right. interesting. Have him there, but don't give him more than fifteen minutes of the show and the amount that he has. And it was frustrating because the amount of time that he has with this character is coupled directly with the two annoying scientists, right. and it just added up to being. For a 130-minute movie, for a two-hour and 10-minute movie, you know, that's 35 minutes of the film that could have been cut entirely. Right. And you know what, Ron? Next time you're in my movie, I'll make it better for you. We'll do Hellboy right. 3. Right. You know, whatever. But this one is not going to And, you know, work. I, I and like him, too. It was bad. I, I like him, too, in general. And, you know, I like him in Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. He's great. I, I love him in probably everything I, I see him in except the things where he gets too typecast. Yeah. Then I don't love it anymore, but I like him a lot. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, you just like offhandedly threw out this thing, like, let's make a spinoff from this movie where we have a TV show on the CW yeah. and it's like him running that business. Right. And and the day-to-day, right. the crazy adventures whatever. and now there's a new monster. Pick, and... pick like a, a year in, right. in the middle of this and we'll have a season of what he does. And, yeah. and I'm going, I'd watch that. Yeah. I would watch that. That, that would be that a cool would be show, fun, right? but in the context of this film, not at all. Right? His it, it's it's very off-putting how uh-huh. strange he is in it. And not only that, but you know, as much as I love director-actor relationships, right. where people go, "Look, I'm gonna this is my boy. He's I'm gonna, gonna be in I'm it. gonna use yeah. him and everything." And now you've already got the other guy from Sons of Anarchy, and <laughs> right. like pretty soon, I was going, "Well, who else?" Right, where's you, Katie you know, Siegel? You know, where's she going to be? She's right. going to be the hair of somebody. I don't know. So um, we're anyway. getting like kind of uh, out of time here a little bit, but I, you know, yeah. I did want to say for this movie specifically, um, and actually, first of all, you know, email us your questions about movies and stuff like that. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to, yeah. you know, um, answer your question 
on the air and get to everyone's everyone's viewpoints and tell us we're stupid, whatever, genius, whatever your question might be. Anything. We, I, I get qu- questions that don't ultimately amount to, to huge questions yeah. a lot of the time. And one thing that people often talk about is my particular crazy rating theory that, you know, back when we had our, our rating show and, you know, if you're listening to the show, go back and check that one out. Cause we kind of it's explain our theories about yeah. how we come up with the ratings and people will ask me about that sometimes. And it's not really worth going over in the show all right. the time, but after we do an episode, then I'll get, someone will email me and say, okay, now, so you said this and this and this, <laughs> and you gave it this rating. And how does that actually your, match up right. with your theory? And here's a good example of okay. how that will happen, right? Because my theory is that I try to look at how well does a movie actually, you know, become what it's trying to become. Right. And that's where I get my star rating. Not is it the greatest movie ever. Right. It's, you know, look at what it's trying to be, and then is it really good at being that? Right. And last night when, we, when I got home and I said – you know, I don't like this movie. And, <laughs> and my wife said, well, how well... See, everyone it, holds uh, your feet to the fire. Exactly. Right. How well is it, is right. it actually becoming what it's, what it's trying, trying to, to be, be or whatever? And this movie, I got to say, based on that alone, I would have to give this movie five stars. Exactly. Absolutely no question. This movie is exactly it what it is trying to be. Yep. But the little caveat in my rating system and you, is... I'll give you this. You've said this many times before. I knew this was coming. Right. Uh, my caveat to that is uh, and... <laughs> There's always an and or a but. Smart, right? Right. And uh, how legitimate a thing is that to try to be? Right. And this movie, I have to take away a lot of points uh-huh. on making a movie purposely as unoriginal as anything could possibly be... <laughs> That in itself is not, not to me anyway, no. a legitimate thing to try to be. There's a version of this movie somewhere in a parallel universe that I would love, yeah. that would be awesome, yeah. where virtually all of the fighting and craziness right. and all that stuff could be exactly the same, except we have some story that's yeah. not just exactly the same as yeah. everything else where where every time somebody speaks you're not mouthing his words right. and and every character is as soon as you see them you know exactly what they're going to do all throughout the whole movie there's some version of this movie that has some more writing going on to yeah. it that is for me a way more interesting thing to try to be maybe you'll love the sequel but it's kind yeah. of like you know, at some point, I—that's you know—that's my little claw. Yeah. That's my little clause that I get, and we're wrapping up. But yeah. go ahead. I'll, I'll just say this, you know, because we are at the end, and we've done all the—we've done all the work for the film. We don't have to really go over on stuff. It's a great summer film. It's a great popcorn film. It's even in that regard, like when I'm watching the film and I'm having fun and I'm distracted by the stuff that I didn't like. When I was back into it and enjoying it, I was really enjoying it. it it's, right. I mean, in a way, there are disposable summer films, even by guys whose work I really love, like Del Toro's 
And I don't necessarily want to label it as disposable, but it, it's kind of just a throwaway popcorn kind of thing. And right. and for what it is, it's it's worth going to see. Right. So. And we may go over just slightly because there's only like a minute left. So if you're live, thanks so yeah. much for tuning in. And we'll be back next week with RAPD. Right. The only other thing that I wanted to say is, you know, there's there's rating and there's movie criticism and there's lots of worlds going on there. And like you said, it's a you know it's a summer film. Yeah. It's a good popcorn movie. It doesn't mean you can't hold it to expectations, and, like right. you said though. But. And and there's you know there's what rating I'm going to give it. And and you know I'm pretty solid <laughs> after doing this. Now I'm really pretty now solid like on one like the half. one and a half, right? Oh, that's too bad. I think it's a one and a half star film because I just think yeah there is too much wrong with it. And even among the goofy things, I still have problems with it. Like we talked about outside, outside the theater, like the fact that all of a sudden you remember that you have a sword, like, you know, I knew you wouldn't be able to let the sword go. Things like that. Just, they're so glaring and, and they are so right in your face and like they're unpurposely right in your face. Yeah. And, and then there are kind of other things where it's like, wow, look how cool it is. As long as you think about it, none, right? And I don't like those things. Yeah, I like the I things know. where you go, look how cool that is, and fine, that makes think sense. About it, like yeah. when they're having a big fight, right? And he picks up a bunch of cars, right? These like train, train cars, tra- train yeah. cars, whatever. <clears throat> and he kind of smushes them in his hand because he's picking them up really strongly, so <laughs> they smush, right? And then he hits the thing with it, right? There's no way that that does any more damage than just punching him with oh, your giant on. robot you've, hand. You've That's never just stupid. You've never had a roll of nickels in your hand and hit somebody. It's just nickels. I am I'm not. Telling you. I am not a giant robot. Oh, uh, there, if you if oh, you could right. do that and it would make any sense, then we'd be building you know train car launchers, not giant <laughs> robots, right? Yeah. It's just there's some things that are just silly. Let him pick up something like yeah. you know when he picked up the giant boat. That was still yeah, he's carrying like a battleship or an aircraft carrier. It, it's he's it's just like, like an oil tanker. Yeah. Or I don't know what it is, but he's got some big giant boat, right? At least when he did that, it sort of kind of made sense, right? Yeah. I mean, it it was well. If you've got it, a sword, like, you don't cool. even need that. I know. Why didn't he pull look, out the I, sword? I still say that we missed. Uh, there were parts of the film that were a little hard to hear anyway, and I still say that there was. That's in the story. When we see it again. On video <laughs> yeah. with captions on, you'll see that they're right. like, "We made some modifications." By the way, no, she did say that they yeah. made modifications, but she's in the thing yeah. when they don't use she's, the sword. She's struggling anyway. with her own issues. Yeah, whatever. Um, there, there are just some things. But the reason that I I wanted to go over for just a couple of minutes and talk about that is, you know, even though my rating for this is one and a half stars, and I'm right. and I'm sticking to it, that does not mean that you know, you're going to hate the movie now or, or it's, it's a horrible movie and there's no reason to watch it because there are plenty of horrible movies (laughs) that, you know, I watch over and over again. Like, you know, at one point during the movie, I think I said something about, I feel like this is just crawl with like a lot more money. And that's not that negative a thing. Yeah. You you can't wait for crawl to be done again. (laughs) Crawl is a cool movie. Yeah. Crawl actually right at the outset says, look, this is the dumbest thing ever, and we're going to run with it, and you'll have fun. Crawl and just whatever. says and it's, from, yeah. And it's it's completely stupid. Or, or you know, even things like Willow. Like, Willow is really ultimately a yeah. fairly stupid movie. Right. And most of the stuff that happens in it's dumb, but it's pretty fun. And yeah. this is kind of in the same 
general area as me. It doesn't mean that, that no one's going to like it. There's right. going to be a lot of people who love this movie. Yeah. If it if it sounds good from the description to you, you're probably going to have a good time with right. it. And and to a certain extent, I even still recommend it, even though it's only one and a half stars. I, if, yeah. if there's it's some, one of those kinds of films. It's yeah. basically a summer movie is yeah. probably in that same boat anyway, as right. long as it... Um, right. You know, there's just not enough trying to have brains about what's going on with the story and stuff like that. Yeah. And if you if you tweak to this movie, it's it's one of those things, too, where, you know, there could be some movies where I go, you know, you could do whatever you want with this and I'm still going to hate it. It's, right. it's going to be awful. Right. But this movie is almost sort of worse because it could be so much better and I, they didn't bother to do it. I know? will I will say this and I am a huge been uh, I'm a huge uh Guillermo del Toro fan. He almost always, if not always, before this movie makes the gravity of his films tied to the story. You know, it's not he's an incredible visual guy, but it's more about how he gets you to emotively engage and care about the characters. Right. And there's really none of that here. Right. Ever. Like not even the closest I ever came to really getting to that point, and it surprised me a little, was Mako, the the woman right, who is right. rescued as a kid and, and she's, grows she's up. She's the only change, and she's the really. o- right. She's the only one you can really put your hedged bet on. And even then, it doesn't. Re- I do more of the work than the movie does to do it. Right. But it's a little surprising. Uh, it's it's somewhat surprising, not a little. It's actually more than that. It's not totally surprising. But it, I I expected more of Del Toro because of how much he's done in all the films that he's done up to this, in that regard, even he's in, always been able to pull it off, and he doesn't do it here. Even and I don't think he tries to do it here. In a range of movies. Right. No, there, he yeah. doesn't. And, I don't and think there's Mako, any attempt to do it. Let, like, she's like awesome I said, in this. She's the only chance and the kid, you have. It, I mean, we're over the, but the, the kid, kid in was the flashbacks amazing. was great. That's, I was we we rail too. on kids every, uh, whenever they're in the films. That was one of the best outside of Looper. Six-year-old performances or five-year-old performances, that kid nailed that moment. Right. That and, was awesome. and not only that, it's hilarious because she doesn't have to do anything. She, she just, just has, has to right. act scared. But she has to do like away. what you said this very intelligent thing about these films when we were seeing these horror films last year. And you're like, I don't need the kids to act like you know a, an Oscar winner, but they've got to be able to act like a person in that situation would act. And the problem with that is you're asking someone to act in a way they've never experienced. Like right. this kid has probably never, hopefully not anyway, ever <laughs> experienced the life-threatening situation fear, right. of this moment. And if she hasn't, it's hard to ask them to portray that. But if and she hasn't, she did it. She nailed it. She did it. She, she made me feel job. like they just grabbed her out of some disaster. I, I, I'm surprised. Like do that again. I'm surprised. She was awesome. I'm surprised we didn't even get to that earlier because she was, she was actually really, she something was that I was going to mention. Yeah. Because I mean, she was crazy good. And yeah. Even there, she doesn't really, have, she really, doesn't really have great. a lot to do. But there is kind of a range of what yeah. she does, and you know she's terrified she runs away she hides yeah she has to peek around the corner right, right then she has to do the thing where then the noise stops right and she has to come out of it you know yep. and go okay is, is this it over? over right and she even did that yeah. awesomely yeah. it was I bizarre agree. she was so yeah. good uh but so anyway yeah. i think i think we've gone everywhere we could go with sure. this movie but the thing like i said that is weird and now that you mentioned you know uh his ability to do this kind of stuff in other yeah. movies, you know, if if you look at the paper of like Hellboy and this, you know, you've got equally stupid things going on, right? 
I mean, you're like, okay, so there are these giant monsters and giant robots, right. or he's a demon, right. who, you know, Lives whatever, and yeah, his right. horns were cut off, right. and then there's these other monster people and stuff. They both look equally stupid on paper. I mean, you know, if you take them to, like, your English professor or something, right. and Which say, I I, I'm pretty sure this is, like, the next great American novel, yeah. you get an equally, you know, <laughs> stupid reaction, right? Or And yet... You know, Hellboy I thought was awesome. It is. <laughs> so, it is. It's so just, how does that translate into you can't make me in, invest in this stuff at all? Once again, you're, you're just throwing things yeah. out at me that I've seen so much before. It, it's a very curious thing. It's just unlike him, and in that regard, it's notable because he's been from one of his earlier films, from The Devil's Backbone, which is all character and all emotion. All the way up to Pan's Labyrinth, which is right. the same thing, and it just has more spectacle. This thing, I thought for a given, was going to be like, yeah, it's going to be emotively charging, and it's not. Right, but it, you know, well, if anyway. it's if it's what you're looking for, yeah, and you don't care, you know, to you know, sometimes you just want to watch a movie. You just want to watch. Stuff. I don't want to think about anything, yeah. and and not that that's a bad thing because no, sometimes you know, you're sometimes in you do it. This could be the thing that right. you will say. I mean, lots of people are saying this is like the best summer film in and I see a long why. time. I really do see I why. I don't agree. I don't agree but... either, but I see what, what makes it for them. But, um, you know, I still have high hopes for it, RAPD and it, it's, the Wolverine. It's and... all spectacle. And in the end, it, you know, one other thing that we haven't said is there are some parts that, for me, they just go on too long. They're the, yeah. the fights, you know, uh, there's only so much of the fight where I go, all right, somebody wins so we can do something else. Right. You know, I mean, some of them go on too long. But right. anyway, uh, as we said many times now, <laughs> I don't know. People love it. So, yeah, people are having a lot of fun with it. It's, so. it's hard to not recommend it, even if you don't like it a whole lot. Like I, did. I, I, I curiously, didn't, but I know people well, who I would, I would say, man, go see this. You're I would recommend it. Awesome. Yeah. Right. I recommend it for the fun factor anyway, and for the spectacle and for the enjoyment of a summer popcorn film, but I would recommend it just to see what somebody liked or didn't like about it. Right. Just be like, look, tell me what you think. I thought it was great. Right. You hated it. Uh, I did not love it, but right. at least we well, got it. At least we got a pretty big difference. Yeah. So, um, All yeah. Right. We should just next week. wrap up next cool. week, RAPD, and, uh, you know, catch us at com and send us your questions and get TouchCast. And exactly. Get, <laughs> get and that use, going. And, and start and make making sure you, them. Make sure you contact that guy and tell him we said so. That's right. Because <laughs> he needs to hear more from us. At Screening yeah. sent me. So, All, <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and we'll be back next week. <laughs> Bye. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. 
Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.